Mbote. <laughs> this means hello. Yeah, right. I'm sure nearly all the East Africans know this greeting. Okay, it's a huge nation with loads of resources. I'm saying too much. Well, did you know that Africa is the world's second largest continent covering over 30 million square kilometers? Anyway, it's the 12th of May, 2020. It's been a long day on my head. I had a Zoom meeting, which was maxed out. And we also had to stream the overflow on Facebook too. So, okay, for first-time listeners, this is who we are and what you get when you listen to this show. So we're factual, we're informative, we're interactive, we've got updates. In a day and an age where COVID-19 presents a situation where loads of fake news circulates daily on social media platforms at the speed of lightning. Well, MO Global News Update provides a daily news roundup informing Africa's forgotten bottom millions, news from various accredited media houses, from hubs from across the world. Then the Africa I Gotcha news section provides daily news on the thousands of resilient stories that never make it to the headlines that are buried in the global newsrooms on education, health, manufacturing and agribusiness. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments, public and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. In our Africa, I got your section today. I will take you to Kisumu, which many of you may not know, geographically is at the center of East Africa. And it's also where the second airport in Africa was built, and then the third was built in Cape Town. Interestingly, and okay, I'll come clean, yeah, this is my ancestral home. And the story today is around climate change, narrated by Dr. Sheila Ochubuju, who incidentally got her PhD when she was 25. But first, let's get a summary of the global news from around the world. Latest news. From headlines from BBC News at 3.35 p.m. today. Here's the latest from the BBC Newsroom. Up to another four months of coronavirus furlough. I can announce today that the job retention scheme will be extended for four months until the end of October. That's the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak. He says 7.5 million people are on mandatory leave or furlough with the government, not their employer, paying for 80% of their salaries. There'll be no change to how that works until the end of July. From then on, employees can go back to work part-time on 80% of their salary, but companies will have to start putting money towards the cost. The number of people dying in care homes with coronavirus in England and Wales has fallen, according to the latest official figures. The Office for National Statistics found that the virus was listed on the death certificate for just over 2,400 deaths in the week ending the 1st of May. That's just under 400 fewer than the week before. 
A train station worker has died with coronavirus after being spat at by a man who claimed he had the virus. Belly Majinga, who was 47, was working at London Victoria Station when that happened in March. She had a respiratory condition and her trade union says she died in hospital a week ago. British Transport Police are investigating. In Northern Ireland, the devolved government has published its five-step plan to ease the coronavirus lockdown there, with the measures due to be reviewed every three weeks. Under the first stage, people who can't work from home would be encouraged to go back to their workplace, and up to six people who don't live together would be able to meet outdoors. And Transport for London, which runs the London Underground, commuter trains and buses, says that it expects to lose £4 billion this year. Revenue is down at 90% because of the lockdown, and TfL says it's in constructive discussions with the government over financial help. That's all for now. Check back in any time for more BBC News. From Sky News at 5pm today. From the Sky News Centre at three, the Chancellor's extended the job retention scheme but sets out plans for employers to begin sharing the cost of furloughed workers. Labour's criticised Rishi Sunak's announcement for not clarifying how much of a contribution firms might be expected to make. Further details are expected before the end of the month, though. Deputy Director General of the Confederation of British Industry, Josh Hardy, says businesses will want to play a part. Whether it's protecting health at work, whether it's topping up furlough in many places, employee support schemes. So businesses will be keen to engage in that and find a sustainable way of doing it. People in care homes made up to 40% of the deaths related to coronavirus in England and Wales in the final week of last month, but there was a 12% fall from the previous week. We're advised not to sit opposite each other if we're using public transport. Ministers also say we should avoid eating and drinking too. Transport Secretary Grant Shapps has been outlining new guidance to MPs. We urge passengers to avoid the rush hour, replan their visits, to use contactless payments where at all possible and to wash their hands before and after their journeys. Ryanair says it plans to run 40% of its normal schedule from July. That's around 1,000 flights a day, up from 30 at the moment. All passengers and crew will have to wear a face mask and pass temperature checks. Whilst Michael O'Leary reckons it's time Europe was flying again. We think those flights will probably be between 50 to 60% uh, booked, lower than our, our normal load factor, but it's important we get the business back moving again and offer people a holiday before the schools restart in September. And a watchdog says firms need to make sure they're doing enough to protect problem gamblers during the coronavirus pandemic. Bets through online poker and virtual sports increased by around 40% in March, but the volume of sports bets dropped by a third as sporting fixtures came to a halt across the globe. That's the latest. I'm Robin Montague. From CNBC Tech Check at 9.35pm yesterday. Happy Monday, I'm Deirdre Boza and here is your CNBC Tech Check. Intel and Taiwan Semiconductor are said to be in talks with the Trump administration about building chip manufacturing operations in the United States. The coronavirus pandemic has increased worries about global supply chains and U.S. officials are particularly concerned about the growing reliance on Taiwan, the self-ruled island that is claimed by China. And the Trump administration is backing Tesla CEO Elon Musk in a CNBC interview, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin said California should help Tesla reopen its factory there amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Tesla's Fremont, California plant has been closed since March 23rd, 
due to shelter-in-place orders. The company is pushing to resume production. Musk threatened Saturday to pull Tesla out of California amid a dispute with the county over the shutdown. And Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai detailing how the company's offices will slowly begin reopening as early as June. In an email, he targeted 10% to 15% capacity next month. However, Pichai highlighted that the majority of people who are able to work from home will continue to do so, perhaps through the end of the year. That's all from the West Coast for now. See you back here tomorrow. From Bloomberg First Word at 12.59 p.m. today. President Donald Trump says America has met the moment and prevailed on coronavirus testing. The president spoke after two known cases were reported among White House staffers. He said that everyone who wants a test can get one. Officials later revised that to everyone who needs a test. The Trump administration has taken another move that may raise tensions with China. It's blocking investments in Chinese stocks by government retirement savings fund. The thrift savings plan was scheduled to transfer about $50 billion to mirror the MSCI All Country World Index. That index captures emerging markets, including China. House Democrats are still drafting their plan for another round of economic stimulus, but the bill won't be ready for a vote until Friday. The price tag for this one could be more than $2 trillion. The centerpiece of the legislation is money for states and cities, but President Trump and Senate Republicans have said there's no rush to spend more. Prime Minister Boris Johnson has watered down his plan for rebooting the British economy. On Sunday, he said people should go to work if they can't work from home. But employers and labor unions pushed back, saying many workplaces are not ready yet. So now Johnson says go back to work, but only if your place of business is secure and you can travel to work safely. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and at Quick Take by Bloomberg, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Ritika Gupta. This is Bloomberg. From DW News Brief at 2 p.m. today. This is DW News, and these are our top stories. As the world marks International Nurses Day, many nurses say they're still not getting the protection they need as they risk their health and their lives to care for coronavirus patients. A new outbreak of coronavirus cases in South Korea has been linked to a man who visited several nightclubs while infected. The number of related new cases has now surpassed 100. Oil giant Saudi Aramco has seen a massive 25% drop in profits. The Saudi company is almost entirely state-owned and has been hurt by weak demand. Just a few months ago, it celebrated the world's biggest ever stock market listing. In Formula One racing, Ferrari has confirmed that Germany's Sebastian Vettel will leave the team at the end of the currently suspended season. Vettel's contract runs out in 2020 and won't be renewed. Vettel joined Ferrari in 2015 after winning four world titles with Red Bull. This is DW News from Berlin. You can follow us on Twitter at DW News or visit our website, DW.com. Okay, so there's our global roundup from across the world. Now, Africa, I gotcha. So this has been a year of exceptional rainfall and floods and locust outbreaks in the Horn of Africa, which has actually decreased the resilience of vulnerable populations in East Africa just at the time of the COVID-19 pandemic. 
The combination of these disasters is not random, as the floods, lake level, and locusts can all be linked to climate change. Water levels of Lake Victoria have reached the highest point ever in the 170-year record. Yes, in 170 years, it has never, ever been this high, displacing thousands and flooding infrastructure. Other floods in the region have displaced tens of thousands of people and killed hundreds. The locust outbreak is the worst in 70 years and may, according to the UN, grow by 400-fold by June. Okay, you can read the full stories and also watch the feature on Al Jazeera with Sheila taking us on a journey also about climate change. Finally, oh, I am so grateful. We are 500 downloads. Yes, what a feat. We've only been on Buzzsprout and Apple Podcasts, our online hopes, for just barely two weeks. And I'm so grateful to all of you who are downloading and listening. So I am still reading through all your feedback and we'll be changing our delivery, our delivery format from next week to factor in what you've said and what you want. And don't worry, I gotcha, Africa. So keep sending your feedback. And remember, the email address is globalafricaprogram at gmail. Yes, that is globalafricaprogram at gmail. And yes, I've just been overwhelmed by, by your responses, but thank you again and again. And remember, stay safe, stay home, stay alive, wash and sanitize properly, lather, soap, running water, social distancing, that has not changed. Wear your mask properly, please. So this podcast is brought to you in partnership with Orata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments public and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. Time to sign out here. And I'm saying Oriti, which means goodbye in the Luo. And before I tell you, see you tomorrow. Yes, Mbote is Lingala from DRC Congo. And of course, across the other side of Congo too. So thank you and take care.